0: Hello, 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 everyone. It's Phoebe here. Welcome to Ink Lives, your favorite podcast for all things poetry. I'm talking beautiful poems, inspiring poets, top 10 anthologies, interesting facts in the yard, and every reason why Ink truly lives. This is Atari part five. Atari is, I won't say a new segment because five parts. So, <laughs> yeah. So it's a segment that I've been doing on Enclaves where I've been talking about the different artistic movements that made writing what it is today. Don't worry guys, I will not be making the same joke that I make for every single episode. But I would like to tell you that this is the last episode of Artory that I will be doing and yeah next week you're going to be hearing something else from me i'm so sorry that i didn't release an episode last week uh it was a really hectic week those of you who don't know enclave stand aya last week which is so exciting i am so excited i am so grateful to you guys for everything that you do the listening the advice the critique i honestly do not take it for granted As usual, if you have any comments on what I'm going to talk about today, you can leave a message using the Anchor Voice Message Service. You can send me an email or you can follow me on Instagram and in the DM. All those are in the podcast description. You guys, I really love hearing from you, so please don't shy away. And don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast with your entire social circle and clan. Yeah. (laughs) So today we're going to be talking about modernism. And we're going to do the same we're going to do background information characteristics writers and the works and effects and the lessons as i said before this is the last episode that we're doing because this is the last artistic movement that i found um to be very important and something that i just could not not talk about but if there is an artistic movement that you feel i should do an episode on you can also let me know i would love to hear about it. So, I think we can get started on background definition. Modernism. I think a a lot of people have heard about this one, have read about it because this is the artistic movement that's still up and running. Might I say? It's still up and running, and a lot of today's poets follow the characteristics of this movement. So modernism, it's an artistic movement that flourished between 1890 to 1950 but it's still living, that rejected Victorian standards on how art had to be, like most of them. Um, It's also often described as a break from the past and a concurrent search for new forms of expression. So the modern, the modernist writers—they're called the modernist writers—in general, they rebelled against clear-cut storytelling and formulaic verse from the 19th century. They believed it to be their authentic response to a much-changing world. When modernism was coming up, um, it developed before, during, and after World War One. So there was a lot of there was a lot going on. Um, Capitalism, industrialization Healing from the war The world was changing So much was happening And these writers They felt They felt it their obligation To express themselves In this changing world But not to do it in the old fashioned way Because if the world is changing Why shouldn't um, Why shouldn't they change as well Why shouldn't they try to catch up with the world why should writing stay underdeveloped that's what they believed Um, this sort of reminds me of some movie that I watched I think I watched it yesterday it's called The Artist it's a silent movie Um, it was made in 2011 though which is really odd that it's a silent movie yeah but it's a silent movie it's even in black and white and my friend recommended it I i honestly i didn't when i was first watching the movie i didn't i didn't like it so but (laughs) yeah i didn't like it but as i went on into the movie and of course i was talking to the person who recommended it and he kept telling me watch the movie like it's a silent movie but it speaks a lot just keep watching just keep watching so yeah there's this guy called george i don't remember his last name so he was a silent movie actor and um he met this girl he met this girl who wanted to be an actress so yeah of course he gave her some advice what and then she started to become famous but during the time during the, the time the setting like the time setting of the movie um talkies were becoming popular talkies like the normal movies that we watch today like the non-silent movies the ones that have like sound and what so um this guy's company dropped him because he refused to move up with the times and you know they said you have to make room for the young and what and all that and you know he just stuck with his change and refusing to change with the world and developing and refusing to develop with the world uh, made him get left behind so why, why am I giving you why am I using this as an example you ask because I'm just trying to show you you know probably why these writers felt that they had to change with the world so as to not be left behind because if something else okay if the world is changing and something else is coming up you know they are inventing new ways to do things and oh why should you like stick with the old why can't you follow with the new of course I know that there is tradition and all that and you know you know sticking up for where you came from and all that and but i believe in change and i am happy that these writers decided to change and find new ways to express themselves and i think that's something that we all need to take in and learn that the world is changing you can't keep remaining with the world so as i said these writers were inspired by the rapid changes brought about by the war industrialization capitalism yeah they believed that the victorian methods of literature had to be refurbished to match the changing world they couldn't keep writing the same way that their predecessors were writing because the world was changing they had to change with the world i hope that you guys have understood that let's go to the characteristics so for the characteristics uh your girl got four yeah, we have individualism, we have experimentation, we have symbolism and um, point of view resembling human thought. So individualism, these modernistic writers, they were fascinated by the individual adaptation to the world. You know, because we're different people, being different people, having different characteristics, having different... You know, personalities and stuff. We have different coping mechanisms to change. To change, yeah. We have different coping mechanisms to change. And these guys were so fascinated by that. So they wrote about the different ways that people adapted to change. The different ways that they themselves adapted to change. And the different ways that change affected people. And everyone wanted to find their own form of expression. As I said, individualism. So yeah, they did... Want to write about the different ways people cooked but each person also wanted to find their own style find their own way then we were on experimentation in order to break free from the old forms and techniques of writing they had to explore new forms of expression free verse using modern language yeah free verse not using the rhyming i think that's something that i do because i i can't think of <laughs> i don't think i have like my own work that has a consistent meter i'm modernistic i'm a modernistic writer i just put my words together of course i try to make my things sound good but i'm not someone who uses rhyme all the time yeah i don't know if that makes sense but yes it does because there are writers who don't follow rhyme yeah symbolism so these guys wrote their poetry as a reader to be cracked by the readers this left much more space for imagination and various interpretation um i guess probably the old writers were very direct with their writing i don't read much of i don't read much of classic literature maybe apart from the novels but yeah i guess probably these people were very direct they didn't have a lot of deep meaning i think what probably makes their writing so hard to understand is the fact that they use language that we are not used to, but probably someone who lived then will find their work easier to understand. But these guys they they used a lot of twist and twist and turns in their writing, a lot of color, camouflage. Their things were not easy to understand. their things are not easy to understand. Like there are no things that you understand in the first read. You have to keep reading and reading and reading. And the beauty of it is that the more you read, the more you discover and the deeper your interpretation goes. And I think that is so cool and really amazing. So I do commend them for that one. Then we have uh, Okay, point of view resembling human thought. This is something that I that I actually noticed. I could be wrong, but you could you can you can tell me I could be wrong. But have you noticed that when you're reading old books like books that were written long 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 time ago there is a narrative to them like it's just someone telling a story it's not exactly a character telling the story it's just someone it's just someone talking someone narrating a story like for example um Dorian gray did this lord henry did this basil did this blah 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 yeah things like that but then when you look at current writers and the current writers current authors and the way they do their things they have a point of view resembling human thought like they use characters to narrate the story they involve the characters thoughts like you know those things that you say like you know those things that you say in your head i don't know if i'm making sense but yeah you know those things that you just say in your head like you're thinking something then the writer writes it like a person was thinking this and thinking this not exactly narrative alone but yeah they involve the writer's thoughts in their work i don't know if that makes sense but yeah that's exactly what i'm trying to explain and i hope that you're getting it but yeah those are the characteristics that i do have i think we can go to the writers and the works So, for the writers in the works, I have two. Two. I have T.S. Eliot and I have Virginia Woolf. Yeah, T.S. Eliot. I think he is one of the most famous modernistic writers. A very central figure. So, that's why I wrote about him. So, Thomas Stans Eliot. That's his name. He was born on the 26th of September, 1888, in St. Louis, Missouri, U.S. This guy is like my... Oh, he's he my birth month late. yeah by the way guys my, birth, <laughs> my birthday is this month on 30th so i'm, I'm just putting it out there <laughs> and he died on 4th january 1965 in london england he was a poet essayist publisher playwright literary critic and an editor. i really love those writers who are like quadruple six to threads <laughs> I I just, I just, I just find it really, really cool. Like you don't like stick to one thing, you're, you're like everywhere and you're good at everything that you do. It's, that's inspiring. He is considered to be one of the 20th century major poets and he is a central figure in modernist poetry. He exercised a strong influence on Anglo-American culture from the 1920s until the the late century, Through his experiments in diction, style, and versification, he shattered the old ways and erected new ones, which is so cool, like you're just there and, you know, you're not following the crowd you're setting the standard, that is amazing, he's considered to be the greatest English poet to ever live, and in in 1948 he was awarded both the Order of Merit and the Nobel Peace Prize for Literature, that's amazing. So this guy, his first important publication and the first masterpiece of modernism in English, so they say, the love song of J. Alfred (laughs) Prufrock in 1915. So this poem, it's a dramatic monologue, it was published in Poetry Magazine in 1915 by the by poetry magazines by the poetry foundation and in book form in proofrock and other observations in 1917. So it consists of the musings of Proof Rock, a wary middle-aged man haunted by the feeling that he has lost both his youth and happiness. I read it, it's really sad. Made me tear a bit, but the problem sometimes I really be wanting to read poems for you guys but they are so long and the episode is already so long so I just start to feel a little bit guilty <laughs> but these writers that I talk about you can find their work anywhere so if I talk about a particular poem just feel free to look it up and you know but at least I try to tell you what it's about. Then in 1922 um, he published The Wasteland I think if you think of T.S. Eliot, The Wasteland is what you can think about and that's the poem that won him international reputation so this poem is very very powerful it's it describes and expresses disenchantment disillusionment and the disgust of post world war one it portrays a sterile a sterile world of panicky fears and barren lusts with humans awaiting redemption of course when you think about the world war one there was a lot of havoc caused Because even though you you won the war, the people who won the war, I, I don't exactly remember who won. But even though you won the war, you still lost a lot of people, you lost a lot of property and all that. So all the havoc that it caused, all the pain, all the torment, all the disillusionment, the disbelief in all the loss that people made, he wrote about that. You wrote about that and he expressed it so, 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 so very, very beautifully. The style of this poem, it's complex, it's erudite, erudite, like well-informed, and it's elusive. And the very interesting thing is that Elliot provided notes and references to explain the quotations and the allusions that he used, which I think is really, really good because it helps people understand your work more. But to some... some critics and readers, it distracted them from perceiving the originality of the poem that lies in it and the unique use of language and they just thought of the fact okay, they thought of the fact that he provided notes took it to be essay-like instead of appreciating the unique techniques that he used does that make sense? (laughs) guys i promise sometimes i feel like i say things and no one is understanding them but me but i know that there are people out there who understand what i'm trying to say but then i don't know i try to find easy ways to say things but it's hard (laughs) so i don't know whether you guys are understanding but if you do need further explanation further discussion honestly my dms are always open so let me know poem consists of five sections it's a really long poem that's why i can't read it but yeah t.s Eliot is a writer poet that i highly recommend because his work is so vivid it's so well expressed and it brings about a lot of empathetic thought and that's something i think is key in a poem you have to be able to arouse feelings in someone make them feel your pain feel your joy feel your sorrow and the fact that he is able to do that perfectly is one of the reasons why he has to be one of my top car writers of the 20th century okay so that way on Virginia Wolf. now Virginia Wolf, Adeline Virginia Stephen Wolf was born on 25th January 1882 in South Hensington, London, England, and died on 20th March 1941 in Lewes, East Sussex, England. These guys' places had names, though. Oh. So this one, she was a novelist, essayist, publisher, and a critic. This one isn't a poet, but she is considered to be one of the most important modernist 20th-century authors, and she is a pioneer in the use of stream consciousness as a narrative device stream of consciousness that is point of view resembling human thought. So this lady is best known for her novels especially Mrs. Dalloway and To the Lighthouse. But she also wrote essays on the artistic theory, literary history, women's writing, and the power of politics. Now why did I pick Virginia Woolf? First of all I wanted to pick a female writer and I really like her book Mrs. Dalloway. Why? Um a lot of writers when they're writing their books they stick to a particular storyline in which those who try to vary the storyline fail fail to blend them well and the work just looks vague, it looks unconnected. But virginia Woolf's mrs dalloway so yeah she writes about um two two different storylines like there are two different storylines but there's a way she connects them into one so the book is about um this lady mrs dalloway who is married she's in an uh, unhappy marriage yeah she's in an unhappy marriage you know that time women are trying to discover themselves what they want and all that So that's the kind of dilemma that she's in. But then, there's another storyline about um, some man with PTSD, post-traumatic, blah, 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 blah. He was a soldier. And yeah, of course, when you come back from the war, there's that trauma that you have if you're not strong enough. Okay, I don't want to say if you're not strong enough because I don't think anyone can handle the. happenings of a war but yes um so he comes back from the war and he is traumatized he keeps you know having visions of the things that happened the people that he killed and all that It, it does something to a person and he ends up committing suicide but it does seem like there are two different storylines because they keep switching we go to the soldier then we go to mrs dalloway then we go to the soldier but then in the end we find that mrs dalloway and the soldier are connected i think they were related somehow i did i haven't yet finished the book but something of the sort and the fact that she was able to blend that perfectly is something that i really really admire and yeah she was an, an amazing writer And she also wrote about the way that she coped with the world because Mrs. Dalloway was somewhat her. I was reading somewhere and they said that she believed that... She put a lot of herself into the book because she believed that she was writing a lot about her own personal experience, her real-life experiences. Yeah, because when you read about Virginia Woolf, you find that she was... um, She had she had a lot of problems in her maruto life and she had an affair with some woman I, I don't remember his name but yeah, you get writing about your own experiences putting your all into your book that's really inspiring but yeah, Virginia Woolf, you should look for her work um, but yes, Mrs. Dalloway something that I highly commend I haven't yet read To the Lighthouse but yeah Mrs. Dalloway yeah, those are for the Virginia, That's <laughs> those are for the writers in the world. Um I think we can move on but guys, please look for that work honestly. I highly recommend. And I'm so sorry that I was unable to read you poems, but really long guys, really long. Um I think we can go to the effects and the lessons. effects um, and the lessons. First of all, Madan is a morbid way for, okay, it molded the post-modernistic movement, which developed in the second half of the 20th century. Not very different from modernism, but again, not exactly the same, but I don't think I'll be doing an episode. I, I won't be doing an episode on post-modernism. doesn't have a lot of matter in it. And um, uh, another thing that really inspires me about modernistic characters is, you know, Chasing change and all, because as I said earlier in the episode, I firmly believe in change and accepting change because change is a fact of life and it's something that we all have to follow. So, you know, the world was changing, and you know, these guys didn't accept to be held down by the fact that the world was changing and they weren't slaves to the ways of their predecessors they stepped up and they formed their own ways formed formed their own expressions their own ways to do things and i think that's really really inspiring you know you don't have to you don't always have to follow the crowd you can set the standard you can do your own thing find your own style and express yourselves because you know today poetry is a thing yeah poetry and its thing is poetry but there are so many different ways that people have found to express themselves like people do podcasts people have put music in poetry people have put poetry in theater so many different ways and there was so much more to come and I just find that really really inspiring the fact that they were able to find their own ways to do their things then these guys Put a lot into their work of course every every writer every writer puts a lot into their work they put their life into their work and I don't know it just really really inspires me to put my all into my work because a writer's writing is their everything I don't know if it's just me who is like that but I don't know the dedication okay in all artistic movements not exactly modernism I think the thing that inspired me the most when I was reading about these things, preparing for these episodes, is reading about these guys' dedication. You know, they came and they lived in worlds where writing meant nothing, where there were specific ways that writing had to be done, but they didn't they didn't fall they didn't fall slave to that. They stepped up, they stepped out, they made their own ways, they broke the system, they shook the system and you know they are dead but their work still lives on, their names are still on the tongues of, you know they are dead but their names are on the tongues of the living. I don't know that's just something that really really inspired me, making a change, making a name, doing something with your work, not just writing for the sake of it but writing to make a change, to make a statement, to teach something. I think that's something that really really inspired me. And I hope that it's something that you guys are learning because I'm not just doing these episodes because, you know, I'm a poet and I love writing and, for example, people think writing is boring and I'm trying to break that. I do want to teach you guys something. I do want to make a difference. I don't want you to just read the... I don't want you to just listen to this podcast and go back the same. I want something to change in you. I want to turn something in you. I want you to learn something. Leave changed to, like, a motivational speaker. (laughs) I killed it! (laughs) I killed it. I am so sorry. (laughs) Anyway, but yeah. Um. Yes. (laughs) That's all we have for today, guys. That has been Atari. Atari is done. Next week, expect something different and yeah if you guys have any ideas of what you would want me to talk about you can we have the platforms we have the voice message we have the instagram we have the email please feel free to get in touch with me and by the way guys for inklift's one year anniversary we are selling t-shirts please feel free to check on instagram they're they're just 25k 25k for the round neck 30k for the collar. the pictures are on my instagram i took some pictures with my sisters yeah, so please feel free to order a shirt, support us, look stylish in includes. Those shirts are beautiful, guys, and I'm pretty sure it's something that you all would love. But thank you. I'm pretty sure that's something you all would love. But thank you so much for listening to this episode. I appreciate you all. I love you guys so, so much. Please do not forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast with your entire social circle and clan whether you love poetry whether you don't whether you're as long as you're a passionate human being this is a podcast for you because it's not just about poetry i am also teaching you something you can learn a thing or two uh thank you so much bye guys